Hello, and welcome to the Nintendads. This is episode three. Numero trace. <laughs> We're going to cut that whole thing. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not cutting anything in this episode. You're going to hear every uh and um available. We never cut. No edits. Zero. That's our, our slogan. Yep. So, Grant, okay. what, are you, yeah. what are you doing this week? What happened? Have you got any big news? Oh, I got some... I got some big news. What's the big news? I read a comic. <gasps> I thought you were going to talk about your dog. <laughs> well, I got a dog. That's bigger news, I think. Well, I mean, it's less relevant to the show, I'd say. Oh. I mean, people want to know about dogs. They like dogs. Maybe this turns into a dog cast. It won't. I hope it won't, because that'd be kind of weird, because I don't have that much knowledge of dogs. <laughs> so I got a little baby puppy um, girl. Uh, she's a... Welshire Pembroke Corgi, and uh, right now she's in her bed, rolling around and biting at stuff mm-hmm. like a crazy puppy. So if we hear that, we know it's your fault. Yeah, that's, that's right. Okay, and, that's good. Anyway, I read a comic as well. Yeah, it's um, a Batman comic, but Batman, not exactly the main character. Is he really? I mean. He's kind of not all. I mean, he's almost rarely the main character. It's usually that's yeah, the the villain's kind of more important. Usually. Yeah, yeah, especially when it comes to Joker, which in this comic it does come <gasps> to Joker. Ooh, it's a shocker! Yeah. So it's called uh, White Knight, Batman White Knight, mm-hmm. and the uh, concept behind it is that the Joker takes a bunch of pills that make him not crazy. Not crazy. Does he still have like? I mean, he still looks crazy, or does he like have normal looking skin and normal hair, or is it still insanity? Uh, he looks not crazy. He he doesn't have the makeup. He looks like a guy. Uh, I guess we should say there's there's probably gonna be spoilers for oh. Batman White Knight throughout this yeah. uh, review of it. So spoiler spoiler warning. Yeah. So he becomes not crazy, and Batman is kind of becoming a little bit crazier just because he's so hell-bent on trying to stop the Joker all the time, mm-hmm. uh, which turns into the classic, he plays that up like, Batman's crazy, and he's he's the danger here because I'm just a, a nice guy now. Um, and, the you know, Batman seems insane because he's like, you're never going to change Joker. And, and then the Joker uses that to his advantage to make Batman look crazy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he becomes kind of more political. I don't know if he runs for mayor or not. I think he might. I thought that's what you said. He was running for some type of political office. He definitely does some type of political speech. And he's trying to, uh, didn't you say he was trying to, like, say all the people he murdered, he didn't actually, it wasn't his fault or he didn't actually do it or something? Yeah, he basically says that like the media is trying to portray him as a supervillain just for an interesting news story, mm. but he's just a, a normal guy who got caught up in things. So that you know, that's an interesting, you know, fake news, right? Yeah. <laughs> but there's a an interesting situation that happens where the Joker needs to use the other villains, like all the all the other villains. He uses them to his advantage by. What does he do? He takes the Mad Hatter's mind-controlling technology. You know, he can use those little playing cards, and it 
mind controls people. Oh. Do you remember? Do you know this? I did not remember that. He can do that, and he uses that on all the. Well, he uses it on Clayface, and then he puts Clayface into like a like a bunch of alcohol, which he then serves to all the villains, and then Clayface who's under the Joker's control, controls all the villains. Mm-hmm. See? And, and then he can control the villains. Mm. And then he makes them do his bidding, basically. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's an interesting concept. So he's not reformed at all. He just no, not really. can act less crazy in front of him. He, he does do some interesting things. He breaks into like City Hall and he finds out that there's a Batman disaster fund that he then holds against Batman by revealing that, saying... The real disaster is Batman, mm. which is pretty great because of all the destruction he causes when he's fighting crime. Anyway, it was enjoyable. I, I'd i recommend it. Yeah. One thumb up. One thumb up? Was it better than uh, Metal? I guess we haven't yes. talked about that on the show, but you'd read yes. Metal. I would say it was more enjoyable than Metal. Okay. Metal was too serious for me. Yeah. This one's a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more, at least. Well, I think I have what you're reading next, right? What's that? Dr. Star and the Kingdom of Lost Tomorrows. Oh, yes. It sounds crazy, but it's it's like a spinoff of the Black Hammer series, and it focuses on basically somebody who's kind of based on a DC hero Starman, who I don't know a whole lot about, but has cosmic powers and it was pretty good. It was a quick read and a good side story and that has some of the Black Hammer characters in it. And you could basically say that everybody in Black Hammer is based off of some type oh, of yeah. known comic book character. For sure. But I, I would say that he makes or the the artists yeah. make enough differences to completely make their own new characters. Yes, yeah. the writer Jeff Lemire has worked on a bunch of things: um, Old Man Logan and Green Arrow, and a bunch of other things. And then he created this his own series, and so he kind of takes his own take on some of these character archetypes. But he subverts kind of, all the archetypes. Yeah. I mean, it has, like, these are the powers, but then he changes a lot of things. And there's a, uh, I guess the closest would be Shazam would be the closest archetype for what the little girl, I can't remember her name. Oh, yeah. She's definitely a Shazam-type character. But some spoilers, when she gets older and she turns into her superhero uh, alter ego she turns back into the 12 year old girl that she was when she first got the powers or something and so she could be like a 60 year old woman at in a stuck in a 12 year old's body when she's <laughs> trying to fight crime so it's that's just one thing and then uh but this dr star without any spoilers there's uh just interesting dynamics with um this guy who's trying to uh, discover things out in the universe basically and he spoilers makes discoveries that give him cosmic powers um but it's it's more about him and his relationship with his wife and his son and his regrets and him always working and always trying to find the next thing and putting himself above his family and constantly and it has 
repercussions, obviously. So it's pretty good. So, and as a father, does this it was pretty story good. basically just flush out that particular character? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's just his backstory, basically. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So it's worth a read. And then um, next up, I'm reading volume three of Black Hammer. So it'll be interesting because volume two ended on a pretty big cliffhanger. I would say that Black Hammer is is a really good series. I mean, it's it's solid. It's definitely one of the most exciting new things that I've read. That's completely new content. Yeah, it's. I guess it's kind of cool to see something that doesn't have restrictions. It can go, and you don't know where it's going to go. It doesn't follow the same formula. Let's move on to. We have a kind of an arrow theme today. <laughs> Yep, Arrow, because yes. we mentioned it in the yes. last episode. Because you were watching Face Off. No, wait, hold on. What were you watching? No. Broken Arrow. Yes, you thought it was Face Off. You asked for it, and, and now here it is. The best thing was when I was searching, for when I typed in Face Off into Google, yeah. it's, uh, I think it was probably because I did them back-to-back. I typed in Broken Arrow, and then I typed in Face Off, and then it said related to face off and broken arrow and it has they're very related yes guess what's related to those what is that the rock the rock there you go it It all comes together it's amazing and i don't and they're both the john woo movies yeah Uh, broken arrow and face off so yeah i mean i feel like i've seen it even though i haven't it's like a legendary director that Really made a couple bad films, and I don't know. Broken Arrow is one of them. According to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. so Face Off was the first Hollywood film in which Wu was given major creative control, and mm-hmm. Face Off earned critical acclaim for its acting performances, especially Cage and Travolta. Oh, oh boy, stylized I mean, action sequences. It well no, liked at I'm the time. Sure people liked it. It made a lot of money. Two hundred forty-five million dollars in nineteen ninety-seven was pretty darn yeah. good. It just hit at the right time. You know yeah. that was the type of movie that people wanted to see. Yeah, that was hot stuff. Broken Arrow is a movie that, in in my mind, wasn't that bad of a movie. Really, but upon rewatching, it was very bad. <laughs> I'd say it was terrible. Terrible? Yeah, it was bad. So, Did John need, Travolta. Okay, quick. Did it need that, a Nicolas Cage cameo? It. I mean, that'd be nice, I would guess. Would that have made it better? Sure. I mean, it would be better if Nicolas Cage was in it, but he's not. Okay. It's instead John Travolta and Christian Slater. So, let me quick go through the the plot of this movie. Okay. Are you familiar with it at all? Uh, um, is there some military thing in it? That's all I remembered. Yeah, there's some military thing in it, for sure. Okay, so the term broken arrow is what the military say. And this this is probably not even true. Maybe it is. When a nuclear device has been stolen oh. or lost, I suppose. Okay. <laughs> They have a, why? Well, that's the term? That's and, a, and don't worry, because they explain it in the movie. They say, <laughs> sir, this is a broken arrow. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, that's what we say when a nuclear device is stolen. <laughs> like, they explain it to the viewers. So you know what's going on, right? Like, so the movie yeah. starts off. 
and we're a mile above a boxing ring, right? Okay. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought this was like a military nuclear missile movie. Well, we're starting with a boxing ring. <laughs> and it zooms down, and Christian Slater is fighting John Travolta. And it is the most ridiculous boxing scene I've ever seen in my life because it's 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 like a sparring match, I guess. But it looks like a full-on giant, you know, huge prize fight boxing arena. There's like a huge audience of people, which I guess are just other military people oh, okay. that are cheering on. They're trying to and be like- John Travolta uses every single stupid phrase in the book like don't look at my hands and he's like you gotta watch the shoulders and he's like punching christian slater and christian slater's like you know he's trying to keep up but john travolta's just too cool for him right (laughs) and uh at the end of that they're in the locker room and it's kind of like that scene from top gun you know when iceman comes in and does this little you know thing yeah yeah does that thing uh chomps at him yeah, yeah. So John Travolta comes up to him. He's like, "You did, you did good, but not good enough." And Christian says, "Like, yeah, yeah. Here's your money." And they had made some type of bet, right? And he gives him like ten bucks, and he's like, "I don't need your money." And he's like, "Take the money," and then he he takes the money. And that that apparently is an ongoing theme throughout the rest of the movie, <laughs> in a horrible fashion. So it goes on. Turns out that they fly a stealth fighter that has nuclear missiles. Mm -hmm. And John Travolta tries to shoot Christian Slater to then steal the missiles. But Christian Slater notices he's about to shoot him just in time. They have a little fight. And Christian Slater ejects so he's not shot. Uh, And then John Travolta drops the nuclear missiles. But he deactivates them first so they can just parachute down because there's people waiting to to pick them up because he's trying to steal the nuclear missiles. (laughs) He's betrayed his government, right? Yeah. And and there's this really ridiculous scene where this guy dressed up as a park ranger. This is kind of like in between these scenes. This guy dressed up as a park ranger comes up and he's like, you're not supposed to have fires out here. And the guy's like, yeah, is it really that big of a deal? And he's like, he's like, what's the fine? And he and then he gets shot because it's not really a park ranger. Um, it's this bad guy that's clearing the area where he's going to drop the nuclear bombs. Oh, my God. And he's like, the fine is death or something. It's full of these <laughs> cheesy lines. You know, that's basically the movie. I mean, you get the gist of it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Christian Slater teams up with this like kind of attractive park ranger who's basically a supermodel who's pretending to be a non-attractive park ranger. (laughs) And Christian Slater and her are like an unlikely duo because she's kind of like doesn't trust him, but then she immediately trusts him and basically falls in love with him throughout the movie because he's such a badass Christian Slater. Yeah, right. (laughs) And um, John Travolta is just a huge dick throughout the whole movie. He's constantly saying he's the best and he's super cocky and he's the best military guy in the world. And and then there's, it got really boring after a while, to be honest. There were so many of these scenes that were just stereotypical 90s action scenes and that just kept happening and happening. I was like, I just don't care anymore. And it ended, oh, I'll tell you the best scene in the movie though. So this park ranger girl, 
she gets on a train that has the nuclear missile on it. And there's this tech guy who's typing something into a computer, right? Mm-hmm. Like with the nuclear missile. And she sneaks up behind him and she's about to hit him. And all of a sudden he turns around and he grabs her. And then he like throws her to the ground. And he goes, I bet you thought I was just a tech guy, didn't you? The name's Max. I was like, what the hell is happening? Who, who is this guy? Because he does look like a stereotypical, he's in it for one scene, he's the guy who types something into a computer. Uh-huh. But then all of a sudden, he's like, a, 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 we have his name, his name's Max, <laughs> and he's super cocky and full of himself, and then he just gets killed, like, another minute later. <laughs> so I don't know why he had to do this. My name's Max. Yeah, he had to do this huge reveal that he's no ordinary tech guy, but he's immediately killed later. So <laughs> maybe they were it thinking really it was going to be such a huge movie. They it were was gonna very do, confusing. They were going to do a spinoff with Max as the bad guy in the next movie. Like it was like trying to introduce him, and then they realized how bad it was and just did a reshoot. <laughs> Nobody died. Almost yeah, like almost immediately. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It was very very bizarre. I just remember thinking. What was that scene that I just did? I just I think I rewound it and rewatched it again. It's like, did you just introduce himself? What is happening? It was near the end, so I was kind of tuning out the movie at that point. I see Red Foreman uh, is in this movie, so yeah, there's some there's some good actors in there. Um, Travolta was so hot at that time. Oh yeah, he could just do anything, yeah. and people would love it because it was around the time of Face Off, right? Uh, it was. The year before, it was yeah, uh, February 1996, and Face Off came out the next summer. So yeah, he was yeah he was big. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so worth watching? No, <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> I don't even know. Who, I don't even know who the bad guy was. Who was the bad guy? It's John Travolta. John Travolta was. Yeah, Slater's always the bad. I know, but I just he Slater. He betrayed the government. He was trying to steal the nuclear missiles. Okay, that sounds like a Slater thing to do. I know it does, but Slater's the good guy. He's never the good guy. Throughout the movie, they keep doing this. Like Slater will leave money under like a rock (laughs) in the desert because he'll be like, "You in this one, John Travolta." Because you know how they keep doing the bets? Yeah. Why are they still betting? He's a terrorist, right? Well, and especially the fact that, like, he's leaving, like, a $20 bill under a rock in the desert. (laughs) Like, John Travolta might find that at some point in time. (laughs) It's very confusing. It's just because they love to keep doing this. Uh, They love to make bets. Mm -hmm. But they don't make any bets. He just keeps slowly giving him money throughout the entire movie. (laughs) Saying you win this one, it's really poorly done. That is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's a bizarre movie. So you're gonna watch anyway. Face Off next? No, no. You're done. <laughs> is that our next theme? What's our next theme? <laughs> Faces. Faces. <laughs> what does that even no, mean? It's not, it's not our next theme. <laughs> what? Okay. So speaking of Christian Slater, yes. Why he, I think he's always the bad guy. You know why? Why is that? Because Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Another Arrow film. Look at that tie in there. I know. Because he was the bad guy. And speaking of people who were hot in the 90s and on top of the world, Kevin Costner. 
That guy yeah, that's true. could not be beat. Dances with Wolves, Robin Hood. I mean, he yeah, everything. Even Waterworld in the book. Field of Dreams. <laughs> Field of Dreams. That was, I think that was the age. Either way, he was a bit, he's still big now, but he was huge then. Anyway, so we decided to do a little game called Rotten Tomato Robin Hood game, I guess. That's a you gotta work on your name. Oh, well. That's bad. Take two. Uh, we're trying to do a uh, Robin Hood Rotten Tomato game. We can think of a good name for this. No, Hold okay. On. It's just the Robin Hood, guess the score. Counting down the hits with Robin Hood. Jason. Jason. Okay. All right, we're gonna start. I'll tell you the year and the movie title, uh, and you have to yeah. guess. The Rotten Tomato Tomato Meter is what it's called. And so some of those older ones aren't perfect because there's not as many. But it, you get the idea. It, it makes sense. So 1973, Disney's Robin Hood, the animated one where he's like a fox. I know. Robin what? Hood and Little John walking through the forest. Yeah. What? Uh, this was. I, I would think it's going to be extremely high. Okay. Um, because it's a Disney film. Mm-hmm. It's a classic. Yeah. Little John's I mean, a bear. And 99%? No. No. Okay, what is it? I, I, surprisingly not that great. What? 52%. Are you I'm not kidding joking. Me? I know. 52%? I don't know if one of these, this is one of these that, uh, is, but no, these are like real people. I don't know. Maybe they got re-reviewed and people didn't. Think it held up? I don't know. I thought it was good. Back in the day. Let's move on to... I don't know if there were so many Robin... Robin Hood is kind of like um, Sherlock Holmes, I think, where you know the intellectual property is so old that any you know we could make a Robin Hood movie tomorrow, and it would cost us no money. So they make a, a lot of them. Sure. So there might have been one in between, but I don't remember it. So the next one is Kevin Costner's. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. What's the score? It's got Alan Rickman, Morgan Freeman, mm. and Christian Slater. Christian Slater is the bad guy. He's always the bad guy. I think he watched the Broken guy. Arrow wrong. I think John Travolta was the good guy. No, I don't know. Anyway, guess the score. I will go 65%. Close. But too high. 51%. Okay. That's not bad. I thought that would be higher. Mm-hmm. What do we got? Should I include Men in Tights? Yes. Okay. 1993. Two years after Prince of Thieves. Yep. Mel Brooks directs Mel Brooks. and co-writes uh, this a great satire. Movie. Yes, it is a great movie. Carrie L's Richard Lewis as Prince John. I mean, okay, okay, it's a good movie. Oh. But I'm gonna go. You need to wait, guess go ahead. the score. The Rotten Tomato score. Eighty mm-hmm. percent. If you were guessing the audience score, you would almost be right on. It was eighty-one the audience, but the tomato meter was only forty-three <laughs> percent. You notice a trend here, right? Wow, <laughs> they're going down. This is brutal. I know. Wait, what was the uh, what was the audience score for the animated film? Um, also eighty-one percent, seventy-two percent for uh, Robin Hood, 
Prince of I Thieves. would like to know what flaws they're finding in the animated <laughs> Disney film Robin Hood. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. I should have watched it again. And I would like to ask them, are you a child who is reviewing this film? <laughs> yeah. Because that is who the audience is for. <laughs> wasn't who wasn't a, I the sheriff the like lion or tiger? Yes, or he was a lion. I mean, come on. How can you be the snake was his oh, like, man, assistant? Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Here's the aptly named Robin Hood. 2010. It's just Robin Hood. No, nothing else. Ridley Scott. Ridley. R- why are you doing this, Ridley Scott? I don't know. But he decides to pull Russell Crowe, Kate Blanchett, <laughs> Max yeah. Van Sydow, William Hurt, Mark Strong, and Oscar Isaac. That is oh, Oscar. that cast is unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Every one of those actors are really good actors. I know and you don't. Yet. If you see all, maybe some of them, like William Hurt and Mark Strong mm-hmm. and Ma- even Max von Sydow, you would know their faces more than their names. But I don't think this movie was super well liked. No, it was not. So I'm going to go. You're tipping your hand there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you, did you not know that? <laughs> did you see it? <laughs> I'm going to go with 45%. <gasps> I'll give it to you. 43. Wow. Back to back. But audience score was only 58 because it was not good, apparently. Yeah. How does yeah. it, with all that, it must have just been a it bad just wasn't screen. An, I think it wasn't an enjoyable movie. Yeah. You know, like, I think they were trying to make it too dark, it was too like serious. The Dark Knight of Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. How can okay. we make this? What all right. got next? Here we go. I'm roll. I, you want to get the name of this next movie from 2018? Guess what it's called? Robin Hood. That's it. It's just Robin Hood. There's no subtitles. Just Hood. Hood. Yeah, I know. Why haven't they shortened it? Like Arrow. We don't want to be there. It's just Arrow. Would actually not be a bad idea, right? Like the newest one. Maybe they just call it Robin. Robin. But then maybe they would people. Yeah, maybe they would get more people showing up thinking they're doing like a DC solo movie. Okay. What's the next Robin Hood movie? It's the 2018 Robin Hood. Oh. The newest one. Yes, it also right. has a pretty dang good cast, the despite present. it being terrible. It has. Well, I like Taron Edgerton. Oh, well, supposedly terrible. Mm-hmm. Taron Edgerton, Jamie Foxx, some yeah. other people. Ben Mendelsohn, who is a, a super good creep. He's the Christian Slater of our time. He's always a bad guy. Rogue All One. Right. All right. All right. He's in Ready Player One. He's in Captain. He's gonna be in Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, he basically. He was in The Dark Knight Rises? I did not know that. Yeah, but he's... Yeah. Okay, anyway, I'm going to guess the score. Guess the score. And it's going to be 60%. <laughs> what? You thought they got the current one? That got, oh, man. This, is, this movie just came Wait, out. For the audience score. Oh. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Come All on. right, I will tell you the audience score for this okay. one, so you can take another guess. Forty-five percent. Oh boy! Yeah, the critic score is going to be low, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. and Taron Edgerton is going to make 30. a lot of money playing uh, Elton John <laughs> next summer because yeah. singing movies are back. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. You heard about the Bowie movie, right? What? Who's playing David Bowie? Uh, I don't know exactly. It should be this, it should be Taron Edgerton too. He can sing. He was in the but movie. The deal sing. is, is that the Bowie movie, they don't have any licensing for any of the Bowie songs. What? What? 
And so, like, one of Bowie's (laughs) family members, like his son or something, tweeted out, this movie's going to be terrible because they don't have any of the rights to my dad's music. So, yeah, it's very bizarre. Anyway, all right. Let's say 32%. If you doubled the score, it would be less. (laughs) 14%. Robin Hood robs from rich source material but it's ultimately just another poor attempt to oh. needlessly gussy up a classic tale with amped Ooh. up action and modern Ooh. special effects who wrote that Ooh, who neck beard review. wrote that i don't even this movie is probably not that great but Can't this is break. not rich source material it's just a, it's just everybody knows the story so that's why yeah. people keep making it because they, there's not like guesswork like you know what it is Modern special effects. What, what do you want? It's Kevin Harris, Costner? Right? Do you want Kevin Costner back? Listen, the, the special effect where they shoot an arrow and then they shoot another arrow that splits the arrow yes. in twain. That's modern. That's all you need. They didn't do it in the yeah. 90s like every other movie. CG it. Uh-huh. Oh, right, well. that's Arrow. Yeah. A lot of aero stuff. We did it. What else did you do this weekend? Then you do you played mice and mystics. Mice and mystics. Yes, I did. I played it with both Jack and Kitty. Oh, really? And they both enjoyed it. Yeah. And they both really want to play it again. So there's seven and, and five, correct? Correct. And this game... mice and mystics is a board game created by. Plaid Hat Games. Mm-hmm. Plaid Hat Games. Jerry Hawthorne. He's made. He made. This came out in 2012, but more recently he made Stuff Fables and just came out with a um, a regular board game for adult. I don't know if it's regular, but a game not for kids uh, called Coma Knots. Um, mm-hmm. But Mice and Mystics is one that people really like that game. You know, it's it's very much a beginner's. Dungeons and Dragons in some ways. Like a dungeon crawler? Yeah. I mean, you you can do movement, action, searching. You know, when you search, it's not like you search for what's in the corner of this room. You do your search action, you roll a dice to see if you succeed, and then you get an equipment card. Mm -hmm. So it's very... Restricted in the way that you you have cards that tell you exactly what you're getting, but it's also open in the way that you can search whenever you want. So it gives you a lot of freedom that is kind of similar to Dungeons and Dragons, but it also keeps you on a pretty good track that keeps the game going. Is there like a campaign for that? Yes. So it's divided into chapters, and there's a lot of like reading throughout the chapters. Yeah. That actually gives you the story of the game and so like if you go into a new tile it'll actually say read this part oh that's cool which says here's a little bit more of the plot so for example uh there was a, a scene where an area we went to where you heard up on the castle a cook was screaming so you can actually it's a subplot so you can decide to go up there and try to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. um and, or you can just continue to go on and forget about that. Um, but if you decide to go up there and to help her, she's being attacked by a bunch of cockroaches. 
And so you have to fight the cockroaches. And if you beat them, you get like her token that helps you out later in the game. Oh, cool. So <laughs> it, it's really fun. Uh, it, it definitely is taking a lot longer than what is advertised. I think it said on the back, like 30 to 60 minutes. Oh yeah. Like per game session. Yeah. That's Obviously <laughs> that's like per chapter, but that's if I knew every single rule by heart. Mm-hmm. So did everyone else. And it was all results. Yeah. That's how fast it would go. Because yeah. we played over the weekend, and we didn't get through the first chapter. Yeah. And board game geek it, says, it took at least, yeah. like, three hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, board game geek says 60 to 90 minutes. But even that's probably, like, after you know the rules. Because yes. the rule book is 22 pages, and then yes. Jerry Hawthorne is a very narrative-driven designer, um, yep. especially in his current stuff i mean they're literally Which I appreciate yeah right but his the storybook in mice and mystics is 58 pages <laughs> yeah i mean which is cool i mean it's meant to be played over yeah it, he makes these campaigns that are meant to be played over time yes. and so it's you're kind of diving headfirst into the story instead of just a roll and move game that you're used to playing with your kids yeah because honestly you have to save what equipment you have what bonuses you have if you stop in the middle of a chapter, you have to, like, write down on a piece yeah, of paper, like, where harder. certain things are set. Yeah. And so what we actually did was each character, they gain their own equipment, and they have their own damage, and they get cheese because they're mice. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually got little baggies for each different character to put separately into, yeah. and that works out really well. That makes sense. But it's super fun, and, and both kids have said they want to play it again it's just i don't have time for it right now so yeah you have to debt really it's more of a weekend dedicate yes an hour to at least an hour yeah yeah well i'll have to let you borrow stuff fables because i've only played that a few i mean i've played it a few times but it is kind of difficult since clark is only four but i think jack being seven he'll be able to do just about everything yeah uh, and he gets really really invested into games very quickly yeah <laughs> And that's a, I mean, it is a book. I mean, you're reading a book at the same time. So I can talk about that later. But yeah. Mice and Mystics, I, I haven't played, I only played that a couple times, but I think there's some expansions now even. But There is one expansion which I have, which just adds on to the story. Oh, cool. Yeah. it's it, There's only like a couple more extra pieces, like actual um, figurines, but there's a bunch of little, cardboard tiles and then a book that gives you more story so cool i think it just adds on some chapters so but yeah i highly recommend it i i think that in the board game community it's already very well known yeah as a a, a well-loved game but if if you're not in the board game community something to check out if you really want to sit down and and have a good uh amount of time reading the rules <laughs> So. Are there probably? There looks like uh, if you go to the board game geek, there's link to links to videos and there's a how it's played video. Yeah, quite. A, by, which is this guy I was does surprised. a really good job. If you go out to the official board game website and you go to how to play, mm-hmm. there's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, this guy. It, it's a broken yeah. link for some reason. Oh, weird! Like it, it goes to a page that says how to play, and there's no video. 
Wait, and I've checked on a couple different. I've on my computer and on my be, phone. Yeah, this is on Black Hat Games uh, YouTube. It, it, they must have changed the URL or something because this guy, yeah. I can't remember his last name, but his name's Rodney, and he has a channel called Watch It Played, and he's the yes. same guy who does the stuff fables and but he does it for a bunch of games but he just started doing this on his own i think and then eventually these publishers ask him to do it because he does a really good job of just showing you oh you know what i i did watch that video okay and it did explain things uh so yeah, yeah. but it's still i mean it helps to watch that first and but you still need to use the rule book and everything but at least you kind of have an, a better idea you're not just jumping into it blind all right. Well, what are we talking about next time? Faces. Face. <laughs> What's the? <laughs> oh man. I mean, is that just an excuse to watch another bad '90s yeah. action movie called Face Off? All I could think Off? of was because people are people know Face Off. Mice. I thought mice, and then I thought mice. Splinter, and then I thought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We could have mice as our theme. Mice. Yeah. What else? What else would it be besides Splinter? There's tons um, of mice and men. Uh, the book series Redwall. I don't. It's a good book series. I have no idea what that is. Redwall? No. All right. Uh, what about what about that movie with the mice that's famous? Oh, uh, Five Five Goes West or an American Tale? That's American? not what I'm thinking of. You're thinking of uh, a different one. Uh, what is that called? What is it called? I know what you're talking about. The Secret of Nim. Oh, The Secret of Nim. Right? That was creepy, right? It was. I watched that again. I go watch it with my kids. Yeah. All right, I guess. And, <laughs> Next and terrorize week. them. Yes. There's a cat. I mean, it really is. Mice and Mystics. Is it just ter- ripping off Secret of Nim? Is there ca- evil I cats? Mean, no, there's, there's an interesting story. Okay. I'm saying it, it, it is a similar it's not thing, right? There's similar. mice and, no, and there's it's swords not. and there's it's, mice and mystics is people that have been transformed into mice. Oh, that's right. Okay. And it's a whole different plot. It's very different. No, I know. I just I mean I think I really like the designer, but um yeah. I think he kind of borrows ideas, which everybody not does. Sure. I mean, Sub Fables is kind of like a mix of Toy Story and a book of other things. So You know what they say after Shakespeare, nothing was original. <laughs> Who said that? That wasn't really original (laughs) for you to say. (laughs) Some jerk. All right. Well, until next time, think about faces and mice. Should we think of a a sign-off? Until next time, stay Nintendo. Oh, no. That's awful. (laughs) Did we even say Nintendo at the beginning? Probably not. I don't think we did. We have theme music. It's fine. All right, this is the Nintendads. I'll just edit that at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying at the end. All right. And that's all the Nintendads. <laughs> oh, jeez. We'll all think right. of a better one yeah. next time. Yep, yeah, next time. All right. We're done. All right. <laughs>